Welcome everybody to Hebrew Club once again. Thanks for everybody coming. We are on 1 Samuel chapter 11. We're going to finish the chapter. We are uh, ready to start verse 12. Um, And uh, if you will recall the middle of this story, uh, the Israelites were having trouble with the Ammonites and this one Nachash had gathered for battle against them. And uh, when Saul uh, heard about it, he gathered Israel together and went and uh, uh, did battle. Remember, he divided them into three columns, and uh, they went and and actually defeated the Ammonites. And as we left it in uh, verse 11, uh, the uh, author of Samuel sums it up very nice. Right in the middle of the verses where I'll start, notice that Vayakhu, and they smote Ammon up until the heat of the day, the Chom Hayom, the heat of the day. And uh, as for those who were left, Vayaputsu, they scattered. All right. And there was not left among them two together. In other words, uh, you know, they just kind of were like ants when you stomp on their anthill. They just kind of, that's what the picture comes into my mind at least. Um, so now what we're getting to is the aftermath of uh, this particular incident. We're going to begin with, as I said, verse 12. Vayomer ha'am el Shemuel. And the people said to Samuel, this is now, remember, after the battle, Mi ha'omer sha'ul yimlok aleinu. Okay, now notice, me is a question, interrogative. Who is the one who said? This is, what kind of form is the ha'omer? Simple call participle. Notice it's being used as a substantive with the article in front of it. Who is the one who said, and this is speaking as a collective. In English, uh, you could probably translate like that, but who are those who said would be a little more idiomatic translation for us. But who is the one who said, notice you have the zakate there, so you stop, and here's what they said. Who is the one who said, Sheul um, Yimlok Aleinu. Now notice as you see it here, you would translate, Saul will reign over us. But the context... Um, almost makes it mandatory that you make uh, this into a question. All right? Or notice some manuscripts add a low. Now, uh, you'll see why in just a second here. But, so I'm going to translate it like that. Who is the one who said, Will Saul rule over us? And now notice, Tenu. Here's an imperative from Natan. Give Ha'anashim, give over, hand over Ha'anashim the men. Unemitaim. What's the root of nemitaim? Very common. It's from moot. And this to, right, moot is to die, and here's the uh, hifil, to kill, to put to death. And so it's a uh, bav plus, this is an imperfect, okay, first common plural, plus the third. Uh, masculine plural ending and we will kill them notice following the imperative you very often have this form Uh, I mean that's the common way to uh, follow up with the purpose or result clause so so hand over the men so that we might kill them alright so notice that's why I put that whole thing as a question why some manuscripts actually have a knot, and then you can make a statement. Who is the one who said, Saul will not rule over us? See, hand them over to a, hand the men over and we will kill them. In other words, they're all jumping on the Saul bandwagon now after uh, Saul did this great victory. Remember, Saul is just coming back from the field after being anointed king, and uh, he hadn't really done anything kingly up until this point. 
uh, and people remember even when he was uh, anointed, he was still suspect. So now after the fact, these guys are ready to wreak their vengeance. Okay, now we get a little bit of Saul's mercy in verse 13, which becomes interesting given the rest of the story of Saul. Uh, verse 13. <clears throat> then Saul said, Lo yumat ish bayom hazeh. Okay, look at that word yumat. What's the root? Then Saul said, not... It's from mut again, okay? So if the other one was a hifil, what's this form? The passive of the hifil, the hafal. See? Um, so if the hifil means to kill, then this will be be killed. See? So you would translate like this. Uh, not will a man be put to death, hayom hazeh, on this day. See? Or we'd say, no one will be put to death on this day, bayom hazeh. No one will be put to death today. See? Ki hayom. For today, asa Yahweh teshua. For today, Yahweh has done teshua. Salvation. See? So, notice that that's from the root yasha, to save. Teshua. We'll see this word a couple more times in the narrative. So again, Saul said, no one will be put to death today, on this day. For today... Yahweh has done salvation. Okay? Uh, Obey Israel, in Israel. Sorry. Uh, Any questions about verse 13? All right, we start kind of a new paragraph. What would be the reason for connecting uh, Asa with Yahweh there, kind of that way? Oh, I think it has to do with the reading uh, of the text. Um, It just shows that those two words are closely connected. uh, And so as you read the text, you see... Uh, that this is not maybe evocative or something like that. I'm just, I mean, just, yeah, I'm just wondering if there's yeah. some special... I don't know, you know, that or, the Masoretes yeah. have their own reason for doing those things, and it probably has to do with the way that the text is read. That would be my best guess, and it is a guess. Okay. Hmm. New paragraph. Vayomer Shemuel El Ha'am. Then Samuel said El Ha'am to the people. Leku v'nelka ha'gilgal. Leku, what's the root? Halak, good. It's a call imperative, uh, almost used as a exclamatory particle. So in English we might say, "Come on, Vanelka." And what's the root? Again, halak. Come on and let's go. Again, a call, uh, first common plural imperfect. Come on and let's go. Ha Gilgal, to Gilgal. Uh, Yes, this is a cohortive form. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's a call cohortive. Notice the hey at the end. Come on and let's go. Okay, and notice again the leku function is almost like we would say come on. All right. Uh, Gilgal, remember, was a uh, city close to Jericho, and it was one of the uh, cities that Samuel made his regular circuit. If you recall back way back to chapter seven, he would go to Mizpah, Gilgal, and what Shechem on a yearly circuit. And so uh, that's where they're going here. Uh, evidently, I'm assuming that the tabernacle and the ark would move to these different places as Samuel went. All right? Because notice what he says next. Uh, oh, also Gilgal was the place, I mean, it has quite a history where um, the pillars were set up after they crossed over the, Jordan. Uh, where they had the pile of foreskins. Where they had the, yep, yeah. where they, right. So there's a number of events that happened yeah. in Gilgal. Okay? So, uh, come on, let's go to Gilgal. Ooh, 
Mechadesh. Now, even if you've never seen this word, see the root? Chadash. What word do you know? Chadash. It means new. This is the verb based on, or that the, the uh, adjective is based on. Notice that it's a PL form. So come on, let's go to Gilgal, so that we can renew Chadesh, make new Sham, there, Hameluka, the kingship. Alright, so things didn't go anywhere the first time. So they're going to kind of restart it, jumpstart it. Alright, now's the time to do it after Saul had showed himself worthy. Okay? Uh, questions on 14? Dehanash or Hodash. Yes. Is it renew in the PL and just. What is it in? Yeah, uh, to be new. In, in the call, it would be to be new. I don't know how common it is in the call. But yeah. So this would be, if you have a stative, then it becomes uh, factative to make new. Usually that's what happens in the PL. But it becomes, so notice that uh, it can take a direct object. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of another word that it does, that you have a passive in the call. If I do, I'll tell you. Uh, verse 15, Vayelku so all the people went to Gilgal. Uh, notice how Hebrew does it here. We've seen throughout. There's no preposition on Gilgal. No directive. Hey, you don't have to have that. See? It's just, it, literally it's an accusative, but uh, sometimes you see that in Greek. When you have place names like this, in English you have to supply the preposition too. Okay? Vayam lekusham et sha'ul lifnei Yahweh ba Gilgal. Okay, va yam liku. Notice the root is from malak. Okay, what's the conjugation? Just look at the pointing. And it is a hiphil. So if the call means to be king, what would this mean? Make yeah, to make him king. See? And they coronated Saul there, or made him king there, lifne Yahweh, before the Lord at Gilgal. Now notice that phrase, before the Lord. That suggests to me that that's where the tabernacle or ark was at that particular time. Before the Lord normally means, uh, you know, if you're going to sacrifice before the Lord or worship before the Lord, it's a reference to where he has made himself especially available. Okay? Now notice the next phrase too. And they sacrificed their sacrifices, shalamim sacrifices, sacrifices and then again fellowship sacrifices. Um, uh, the special kind in which the people actually uh, participated in eating them. And these were especially uh, offered in times of thanksgiving and celebration. So that seems to be what's happening here. Okay. Lifne before the Lord. Va yismach sham Shaul. And rejoice their Saul. It's interesting how they keep repeating sham. And their Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced ad me'od. What's the odd mode? How does that function here? Until, no. What would you say? Until is odd. Uh, no. Until and mode is what? Much. Until much. much. Until so how would it function? How is this functioning here? Notice that this is um, talking about the process uh, indicated by the verb. Yeah. yeah. It's as an adverb. See. Um, so it's it's. Uh, talking about the kind of rejoicing they did. So in English, we'd have to translate it like that. In other words, they partied. Yeah, they partied hard. <laughs> Saul rejoiced there, and Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced, uh, you know, greatly, or, or, yeah, partied extensively. That doesn't sound right. You know, they really partied. They really had a good time. 
That's an odd ma'od means. And that odd ma'od, I looked it up, is used a number of times throughout the Bible for that. In Psalms and in the narrative as well. Different kinds of genre. But it's like a joyful... Um... It's, it just is an adverb that is saying something about the verb. So it's an adverb. So we have to translate it in good English with that force. Okay. Um, any other questions about chapter 11? Okay, chapter 12. Vayomer Shemuel el Kol Yisrael. Here's the passing of the baton. Then Samuel said to all Israel, Hine, look, Shamati bekol kem. Listen, I obeyed your voice. Notice Shema plus bait. I listened to your voice, right? I obeyed your voice. Lekol asher amartem li. In accord with everything which you said to me. And I uh, established a king for you. I made a king over you. See, notice that you have, that's the same conjugation as we got up in verse uh, 15. See? Except it's first common, Bob consecutive, first common singular. All right. So notice he says, I obeyed you. And notice this phrase, this va'am leek alekem melek, really explains further what he meant in that I obeyed your voice in everything which you spoke. doesn't mean whatever the people said I did. But he's speaking specifically about this thing, uh, the, the uh, getting of a king. Okay. Questions? Yeah, uh, why, is the, why is melek there? Um, is it necessary? Or is it... Yeah, it's kind of almost superfluous. From our perspective, it's almost superfluous. So in, in English, yeah, you have to say, I, uh, I established a king over you. So it functions as an accusative, though. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, in this particular case, that's how it would work. Okay. Wouldn't that just be like the, the prophet or the, you know, I'm trying to think, a bishop coronating a king? Mm-hmm. That's so all. That's what it is. That's what it's. So it's a connection between yeah. I, you know, coordinated a king right. versus I came to king. Right. So that's a different yeah. understanding. Right. See, so notice how, and it's a good example of how meanings are so dependent on their context. So that in verse 15, you don't have Melech, and you would translate that word, and I made Saul king there, or and he, and they made Saul king there. They coronated him as king. Here in this context, where Samuel's talking um, about himself, his own actions, and you have Melech there, then you have to adjust in English what the Amlik means, see? And I established a king over you, or something like that, see? So we're always working with context, and words only have potential meanings. Vata, so now notice how Vata functions here when he's reaching a conclusion based on what's come before. Notice that he's, there's some point that he wants to make and now he's about to reach it. And so, Hine, uh, look, Hamelik mit Halekliphnehem. So look, the king is uh, uh, walking before you, he's going before you. Notice that that's a hit pile which he's going to use. Um, throughout this this uh, passage. Notice how Hine, you might want to translate it in English like this, and so you can see that a king is walking before you. So you notice, uh, you can kind of translate, because Hine indicates visual perception usually. Sometimes it's a mental, like we use see sometimes too, you know. You see what I'm saying? Okay, but here it's visual. Okay. Vani, uh, 
Notice he uses the pronoun. You don't need it for sense, but again, if you're reading out loud, as for me, I have become old. Zakanti. See? I have become old. Vasabti. Uh, this is from the root sieve uh, to mean to be gray-haired. All right? Uh, so you have a hollow verb, and that's why it has the pointing that it does. So as for me, I have become old and gray. <laughs> Ubanai. And as for my sons, Hinnom, look, they, Ithkem, look, they are with you. Okay. Va'ani, and I, now look, you see, and again, as for me, so notice he keeps saying the, he keeps saying these pronouns, and it makes sense because he's contrasting him with Saul. Alright. So, and again, and, and as for me, Hithalakti, I have walked before you. And notice walk before doesn't literally mean walk. You might want to be translate something like this. I've been your leader. Some translations actually do that. That's what he means. See, I've led you. See, I've walked before you, mineurai, from my youth. Remember, you have this abstract con- concept with youth, na'ur. And uh, here it's plural. Very often abstract concepts are in the plural here. And I know it's plural because how? Notice the pronominal suffix is plural. It's not uh, min uri, it's min urai. Everybody see that? Okay. Ad hayom hazeh, up till this day. Verse 3. anu bi neged Yahweh neged meshicho. Look, I, or behold, eyes for me, anu bi, answer before me. This is from ana. Or maybe bear witness before me. Again, a call imperative. Or bear witness against me, as you'll see. Before Yahweh and before Meshicho and before his anointed. Notice how he's referring to Saul now as the Meshicho, as his anointed. Before Yahweh and his anointed. That's significant. Okay. Now, the, the word order is a little strange here. Et shor mi lakachti. And I would translate this. Notice the et tells you that this is the direct object of the verb. The bull of who have I taken? And the chamor and the ass of who, lakakti, have I taken? Ve'et me and who, ashakti, who have I oppressed? Et me ratzoti, who have I crushed? That's from ratzatz. A call imperfect first common sing a call perfect first common singular from Ratzat. Who have I crushed? In other words, these other ones would be who have I defrauded and who have I um, you know used my authority in a wrong way against. Okay. And from the hand of who Lakakti have I taken a kofair, uh, have I taken a something like a bribe or a payment? The al im be so that I might hide my eyes um, at him. That alam means to, uh, it almost always occurs in the hip field. And this is a hip field, to hide something. So in other words, have I ever taken a bribe um, so that I would ignore what someone else is, was doing? So is this a, an issue of justice, in other words? Yes. Uh, I have not been unjust right. as it relates to taking bribes. Right. This whole thing is talking about, I mean, if you go way back, um, 
he says uh, at the end of verse 2, Look, I have been your leader. I've walked before you from my youth up until this day. And now, he says, um, testify against me. See, he, that's why he gives that imperative. Testify against me before Yahweh and before his anointed. See, so notice he gives uh, Saul a certain status here. Uh, very interesting. As the one who implicitly is Yahweh's representative and therefore is now to lead like Yahweh and to notice, uh, I mean, it's very interesting the connection that Samuel sets up and I guess this is the first time we see it uh, and uh, that connection simply continues uh, as we continue to read the narrative. It's really interesting. So is he almost telling, kind of warning the people, this is what you need to look for in this guy Yeah. so that he follows It's kind of, com- yes, Yahweh. I mean, it's almost as if it's Sounds almost like as if while he's talking to the people, he, you know, you almost can get him getting this implicit message to Saul, this is how you're supposed to be, see? So he kind of goes into great detail. The bull of whom, or the ox of whom have I taken? And the ass of whom have I taken, see? You know, in English we'd say, um, whose oxen have I ever taken, see? Whose ass have I ever taken? And who have I ever oppressed? And who have I ever crushed? And from the hand of... Who have I ever taken a bribe so that I can so that I would hide my eyes uh, at it or at him? All right. Uh, if if any of those things are the case, the ashiv lakem, then I will restore or return to to you. I will restore what I've stolen. In other words, see. Okay. So yeah, theologically, I mean, I, I never noticed that before about the meshicho, but. Uh, it's very interesting what Samuel's doing here, kind of as his last thing. Well, I mean, yeah, so, so really this is kind of the baton passing yeah, I, ceremony right. in a sense. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's Public. really telling them that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and you have my sons as kind of backup, basically, is what he says. And are the people present at this time? Is it just Yeah, it seems to be that the yeah, people are there. Yeah, it's almost like he's warning the people. Yep. Right. Like he almost knows that right. Saul's going to... See, from verse chapter 11 to chapter 12, we have at chapter 11 they're partying and now this is kind of the close-up this is what kind of part of what went on during that whole thing okay so verse 4 Vayomru and they said Lo Ashaktanu you have not oppressed us see Lo Ashaktanu Velo Ratsotanu and you have not crushed us um, defrauded us probably or robbed us, ratzatz again. Velo lakachta, and you have not taken miyad from the hand of anyone, meuma, anything. Meuma is simply a noun which means anything. Vayomer alehem, and he said to them, an aid, witness, that's a witness, an aid is Yahweh bakhem against you or to you. The aid, and an aid is his meshicho. See, they're both aids. Hayom hazeh. Today, this day. Ki lo, that not metzatem, that you have not found beyadi in my hand meuma, that you have not found anything. Vayomer, and he said, and that's probably again referring to the people, aid. I'm a witness. Okay? Um, very good. Any questions? All right, good. Let's stop there. It's a good place to stop with the uh, paragraph. And we will uh, continue next week. Thanks for coming.